Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, new questions in Uvalde, Texas. Why was the gunman able to stay inside a fourth grade classroom for an hour? And why was the school's side door unlocked? Tonight, the growing outrage. As a community mourns, police defend their response to one of the deadliest school shootings in American history. Plus, the death toll grows. The husband of a teacher killed dies of a heart attack. The family says it was grief. Inside the classroom. And then he came in and he crouched a little bit and he said it's time to die. We hear a devastating firsthand account from a nine-year-old boy. Remembering the victims, the brother struggling to understand why his sibling won't come home. Students across America demand action. Thousands stage walkouts to call for more gun control. Protecting America's schools, what's being done nationwide to keep our children safe. Fighting the rise of gun violence. Could a program in Atlanta be the key to stopping teens from picking up a weapon and instead walking away from a fight? Remembering Ray Liotta, the legendary Goodfellas actor dies at 67. And finally, the community here in Uvalde, Texas, planning to celebrate graduation, instead planning funerals. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting tonight from Uvalde, Texas. Good evening and thank you for joining us. I'm Tony DeGopal in for Nora, who's recovering from COVID. And tonight we are here in Uvalde, Texas, once again, where a community's grief is turning to anger and frustration because of new questions about the official timeline of Tuesday's school shooting that killed 19 children and two teachers. A spokesperson for the Texas Department of Public Safety said the gunman walked into the school through an unlocked side door 
and was inside a classroom for more than an hour before a tactical team could storm the building and take him out. These new details came after videos emerged from during the shooting, showing parents desperate, begging officers to enter the building and rescue their children. And the massacre has reignited a national debate over the country's gun laws. As we learn tonight that President Biden and the First Lady will travel here on Sunday. A lot of news to get to, and we're going to begin with CBS's Janet Shamlian, who's here to start us off. Janet, quite a press conference we witnessed. Indeed, and it's raising even more questions tonight about the response by police during what was an active shooter situation. Authorities tonight confirming that the gunman was in the elementary school for an hour or more before he was shot and killed. The anguished cries of desperate parents after the massacre at Robb Elementary. Pleading with police to rescue their children. Hey, hey, we got guys going in to get kids, okay? Jacinto Cesares raced to the school when he heard about the shooting. His daughter Jacqueline was killed. That, I didn't see no preparedness at all. I mean, they... As soon as they heard that gunshot, they should have rushed in. Tonight, Texas investigators going public with a new timeline. As they faced criticism, they didn't move quickly enough. 11.40, he walks into the west side of Robb Elementary. Four minutes later, Uvalde police arrived. The initial officers, they received gunfire. They don't make entry initially because of the gunfire they're receiving. But we have officers calling for additional resources. Authorities say the gunfire then slowed considerably. An hour later, CBS News has learned an elite Border Patrol team moving behind a shield entered the classroom and killed the suspect. And when I heard the shooting through the door, I, I told my friend to hide under something so, they, so he won't find us. Tonight, a first-hand account from a student inside the classroom. This nine-year-old boy, his identity protected, describing moments of sheer terror. He shot the, our next person's door, and then we have a door in the middle, and he opened it, and then he came in, and he crouched a little bit, and he said, it's time to die. And his agonizing account of a classmate hit by gunfire. The cop said, help if you need help, and then um, they got one of the, the persons in my class said, help. Um, the guy overheard and he sh he came in and shot her and then the cops barged in into that classroom and um, the guy shot the cops and the cops just started shooting. Among his classmates who died, Tess Mata, a softball player with a contagious laugh, and Alexandria Rubio receiving the Good Citizen Award and making the All-A Honor Roll. This heart-wrenching photo shows 11 of the 19 children who died. Today would have been their last day of school. Tonight, their names are on white crosses posted outside of it. And it won't be part of the official death count, but it is part of the toll of this horrific event. Joe Garcia, the husband of teacher Irma Garcia, who was killed Tuesday, he died today of a heart attack. This is him this morning visiting his wife's memorial here at the elementary school. They were high school sweethearts, and friends say he died of a broken heart. The two of them, they leave behind four children. Four children who had a living mother and father on Monday and the week without either of them. It's a tragedy.
And tonight we're also learning more about the other innocent lives lost during this senseless rampage and the bravery of those who survived. Here's CBS's Lilia Luciano. Not that one. Nine-year-old Andrea Herrera used to play every day with her stepbrother, Jose Flores. They were about the same age. He would always say, I want to be a cop so I can protect all these other people and all the, but the bad guys. Now, these toys are all she and their little brother, Jaden, have left. What does that make you think about? It's just sad because uh, well, the fact that he wanted to be a cop and... He didn't have the chance to be it. Andrea saw her own teacher get shot Tuesday morning through a window. She was in a nearby classroom when the gunman burst in and barricaded himself inside Jose's room. You knew your brother was in another classroom nearby? I was just worried and... You were? Um, I was just worried thinking about him. Cynthia Herrera and her husband frantically searched for their children. They found Andrea safe at one of the meeting points, but later found out Jose was brought to the hospital where he died. What have these days been like for your family? Just like numb, like I have no feelings, honestly. I just try to keep my mind occupied with the kids, you know, and, and I just feel guilty even saying like, I'm glad my daughter made it because I know my stepson did it. Jose was just one of 19 children killed Tuesday, along with two teachers. Each child the joy of a parent, now the loss of a family. Yuseya Garcia's grandfather called him the sweetest little boy he'd ever know. He had just started teaching him football plays over spring break. And Alicia Ramirez loved playing soccer with her friends and drawing. While most children look forward to the summer break, Andrea will be learning to live with grief and dread. I feel like I just want to drink. What if it happens again? What will be next? And just worried about it. You're worried about going back to school? Yes. I asked Andrea about that little brother, Jaden. He's five years old. Whether he knows that his brother is not going to come back, she said he doesn't quite grasp it. He keeps asking, is Jose okay? Is Jose okay? As for her, well, she's still in shock, she tells me. Tony. Lilia, thank you very much. Also today, students across the country walked out of their classrooms to demand action from lawmakers to protect them and others from the rising wave of gun violence. Thousands of students, as you can see on your screen, took part from Virginia to Seattle, Washington, a nationwide walkout, fed up, they say, with lawmakers who, who offer that familiar quote, thoughts and prayers instead of regulations. When I found out about the shooting, I was... I mean, I was incredibly sad at first, but then I just got up angry, honestly. Angry that nothing has changed. The group Students Demand Action was behind today's walkouts. Tuesday's school shooting at Robb Elementary School behind me was the 27th school shooting this year alone. It's May. And now to Washington, where lawmakers remain in a bitter partisan gridlock over what can be done to prevent the next school shooting. And at the local level, officials are debating once again the use of school resource officers. Here's CBS's Scott McFarlane. A week already marked by tragedy continues with investigations of new alleged threats foiled against schools in Maryland and Ohio. With Congress paralyzed over new gun control laws, some schools have stopped waiting. 
The superintendent of Millville, New Jersey, has been installing cameras, panic alarms, and locks. We had to put time and energy into the human behavior of making sure the school uh, is secure for our kids and for our staff. CBS News has learned U.S. schools have spent 150 million federal dollars since 2018 for so-called school hardening, including in Logan County, West Virginia. We have over 100 cameras either inside or outside of Chapmanville Regional High School. But even senators who've helped pursue this grant money question if it's a solution. So we're going to build bunkers and castles for our children. And, and does that solve this problem? States have also expanded the use of armed school resource officers, a trend that surged nationwide after the 2012 Sandy Hook tragedy. So what's the role? Are they a shield for the school or are they the tool to keep kids from turning to violence? They have to go from officer friendly where they're off their greeting students when they get out of their carpool lines or greeting students when they get off the buses in the mornings to, you know, there's an intruder in the school. I've got to react now. But some of America's largest school districts recently removed the officers from buildings amid calls for police reform. There may be schools saying we need to get a lot more officers really fast. You don't think that is the solution? Absolutely not. There is an actual way in which we can do both. Ensure that our kids are safe while at the same time not over-policing and over-hardening our schools. Hundreds of U.S. schools will likely apply for these federal school safety grants this year. But it's worth noting, Uvalde schools doubled their security spending in recent years. They have their own police department. And Tony, tragically, that wasn't enough. Scott McFarland for us in Washington, D.C. Scott, thank you very much. And, of course, the epidemic of gun violence is not limited to school buildings, not limited to classrooms. It's also hit churches and terrorized city streets in this country. The spike in violence has taken a toll as well. The CDC says guns are now America's leading cause of death for children. In tonight's Eye on America, CBS's Mark Strassman highlights an Atlanta program now trying to teach a life-saving lesson. America's scourge, Atlanta's tragedy. Everything just seemed normal, and then he just busted out his strap and started shooting. A burst of alarming gun violence. Gun violence is out of control, and we're going to put an end to it here in Atlanta. 66 shooting deaths here so far, 56 of them black males. It's become acceptable to use violence. It's, it's become acceptable for these knee-jerk reactions with violence. It's something that's so small but people still will react violently. Joshua Bird's pilot program in Atlanta schools focuses on black teens, overwhelmingly victims of gun culture. Some kids are just lost. Like they don't know nothing else at all. They're just lost. And is there any chance of reaching those kids? It's a slim chance. Across America, black males ages 15 to 34, 2% of the population, 38% of gun violence fatalities in 2020. 20 times more likely to die from a gunshot than their white peers, which makes sixth grader DeMonte Weems nervous. You see people with guns and stuff walking around thinking that they're the stuff because they have a weapon. Alarmingly, gun homicides nationally jumped 35% in 2020. Bird, a former Marine and cop, volunteers with the 100 black men of Atlanta. Winning a fight might mean losing your life, right? He saw his first shooting when he was seven. Over 10 two-hour sessions, Bird teaches de-escalation. What we want to do is prevent the conflict and then go to the experts. Walk away and live.
It's got to be a community-wide effort. How do you punch through? They're looking for structure, and they're looking for consistency. And they need both quickly in a city where indiscriminate gun killings now wound its sense of self. For Eye on America, I'm Mark Strassman in Atlanta. We turn now to the sudden death of actor Ray Liotta, who died in his sleep at the age of 67. The Field of Dreams and Goodfellas star was filming a movie in the Dominican Republic, his next role. CBS's Jamie Ucas now has more on Liotta's death and the unforgettable roles he brought to life. Don't shoot! Ray Liotta, master of the tough guy role. His most memorable performance as mobster Henry Hill in Goodfellas. Why did you do that? As menacing as he was on screen, Leota claimed he never had a fight off screen. He died at this hotel in the Dominican Republic. His fiance, JC Natolo, by his side. Paramedics were called to the scene about 6 a.m. and tried to revive the actor with CPR, but could not. His cause of death has not been released. In this 1990 interview, Leota describes what led up to Goodfellas. People would ask me, you know, what directors would you like to work with? What actors? And it was Martin Scorsese at the top of the list as a director and Robert De Niro as an actor. Today, De Niro said of Leota, he is way too young to have left us. Their former co-star, Lorraine Bracco, tweeted, I am utterly shattered. A year before Goodfellas, he starred as baseball legend Shoeless Joe Jackson in Field of Dreams. It was the crowd rising to their feet. The ball was hit deep. He landed roles in movies as diverse as Copland and Karina Karina. You say you don't have time to cook. Leota was in the middle of a career resurgence with films like The Many Saints of Newark. Maybe some of the things you choose to do aren't God's favorite. Ray Liotta was working until the end. His legacy etched forever. Leota leaves behind a 23-year-old daughter and his fiance, who he called the love of his life. Many didn't know that the star had humble beginnings. Leota was adopted from an orphanage as a baby in New Jersey. Tony. Jamie, thank you. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. To the day's other top stories now, the head of the CDC confirmed that 10 cases of monkeypox have now been confirmed in at least seven different states. They are California, Florida, Massachusetts, New York, Utah, Virginia, and Washington State. 200 cases have been confirmed worldwide. And the disease, we should point out, spread mostly through skin contact and skin lesions and they develop in people who are affected. A panel of New York judges ruled today that former President Trump, his son Donald Jr., and daughter Ivanka must provide testimony in the state's investigation into his business practices. The judge rejected the former president's argument that the probe is politically motivated. 
And the state's attorney general says there is evidence the Trump organization fraudulently misrepresented the value of its assets to obtain loans and tax benefits. Trump issued a statement earlier this year calling the accusations false. As we head into the Memorial Day weekend, a federal holiday set aside to mourn U.S. military personnel who died in service of our country. The town of Uvalde is also remembering the 21 people whose lives were cut short in the building behind me, not on the battlefield, but in a school classroom. It was supposed to be the last day of school here in Uvalde, Texas. But instead of buildings buzzing with kids saying farewell to the year, the student parking lot is empty at the high school. And while the senior photos are still there along Main Street, they are joined now nearby by 19 crosses, bearing the names of children who will be forever in elementary school. They would have been your students. They would have been my students. And down the road at a local salon where students and parents might otherwise be trying to look their best for pictures, a stylist says she's getting no-shows. And inside we see the empty chairs. They're still busy across the street at the florist. We're just so swamped. My mind isn't in so other directions. But instead of flowers for graduation, they're serving mourners and grieving families. There will not be a commencement celebration this week in Uvalde, at least not at the stadium everyone here calls the Honey Bowl. Not for the seniors who just this week stopped by the elementary school for high fives. Instead, the folding chairs will stay folded as this city this community looks for some way, any way, to lift itself up. And of course, the nation supports them in that effort. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, Steve Hartman goes on the road for our third annual Taps Across America, where musicians pay tribute to members of the U.S. military. And that's tonight's CBS Evening News. We appreciate you joining us on another tough day of coverage for all of us here. And for Nora O'Donnell, I'm Tony DeCopo, live once again in Uvalde, Texas. Good night and be well. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.